to K1 Queens, the 90 Day Fiance. Um, this is episode nine of our podcast, and we will be covering the episode from uh, season seven of 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After titled Just Give Me a Reason. So um, to start us off, as you can see, maybe or maybe not, but you might be listening, but Kaya is not here. She's out sick. Um, she can barely talk and she said, quote unquote, I sound like Mima. So I think that means that she sounds like a smoker um, and she'd rather <laughs> not uh, be on the podcast today. So wishing her a speedy recovery. Um, also, I just wanted to say a happy belated birthday to a K1 King, uh, Walter, who is Kaya's husband. Uh, it was his 30th birthday on uh, last Friday, and actually, I was able to celebrate it with him. Uh, so I was in, normally, I'm based out of Miami, but last week, I was in Vegas uh, for a work conference, and that is where Kaya and Walter live. So I got to celebrate his 30th birthday with them, and it was a really good time. Um, Kaya and I also got to watch uh, this week's episode together, which was fun. Um, and we actually rewatched uh, the first season of 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days. And if you recall, this was a very iconic season. Uh, it had really just big, big name uh, people in the 90 Day industry. We had Paul and Carini. We had Darcy and Jesse, iconic season. If you haven't watched it, definitely recommend. Or if you have watched it, give it another watch because it's just as great, if not better, a second time around. <laughs> um, and actually, while we were watching, um, <laughs> we realized that if you all remember, and I'll say spoiler alert, if you haven't seen uh, this, this season that I'm talking about, plug your ears. But um, if you recall, there was the, I guess I'll call it a fake proposal um, where Jesse gave Darcy this promise ring that she thought was an engagement ring and it was not, unfortunately for her. Um, but he did this like fake proposal in a windmill, um, you know, as, because they were in the Netherlands. And when we were watching this, I realized that uh, Kyle, my fiance and I had been in the exact same windmill where that iconic 90 day moment happened. And I almost fell over when I was watching and I recognized it and I was like, oh my God. And there's several windmills on the property, okay? And they went into the exact same windmill that Kyle and I went into. And I was shook that we were standing in the, in the, you know, place where this iconic moment happened and we didn't even realize it in the moment. Alexa, that is amazing. I think that it's so clear that you carry her spirit with you everywhere you go. Like, it's like your feet led you to that windmill. And the fact that there are so many windmills that you could have walked to, that just really shows how in tune your souls are. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like that's amazing for you just because you love her so much. And another thing I was gonna add, like for those of you who haven't seen the first season or 
like, or maybe like, oh, I don't know if I don't watch, watch 90 day. Literally every month when I go see my nail tech, cause a girl can only afford once a month, but every month we go, we watch 90 day. Like she's always like, because of you, I'm going to have to get discovery plus. So definitely hop on that train. Like people are loving it. It's so good. Like it seems stupid at first, but I promise it's so good. It is. And those like first seasons are just, I don't know. I just, as we were watching, I just felt like that was just peak of not only reality television, but just like American television. And I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever, we'll ever have a season that was as good as that one. So definitely recommend. Karini, just, they could have had the whole season. Like for for me, they were so funny. Yeah. This, this was the same season where again, spoiler alert, um, Karini gets robbed uh, by a man with a machete and Paul runs off on camera. This is also the same season with you have to cut it on the bias, correct? No. No. That season was, I believe, 90 before the 90 days, I think season two, because that season, Jesse was in Connecticut visiting Darcy. Uh, Okay. I have my, I have my seasons mixed up, but that just shows everyone. If you hop on the train today, you have like seven fucking seasons that you have at your disposal that you can enjoy all of just iconic worth it. And that's seven seasons of a spinoff, you know? Yeah, that's not even the whole, that's not even the real, the real deal. Honestly, Discovery Plus should just sponsor us at this point. Um, Real. So (laughs) moving on, um, a little bit of tea. Um, Our normal tea spiller, Kaya, is out. So I will be doing the tea spilling today. Um, There wasn't too much tea. The only tea that I found was that apparently, and you all may have known this, but Yara uh, from this season has a history of being on reality television. Um, She was on, apparently she was on several uh, Ukrainian reality television shows in her day. Um, One of which was, I believe it was her first reality show she was on. Um, It was some sort of fashion uh, show. And uh, she, on, on the show, she said that she was a big party girl, blah, 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 blah. And she said that her type in a man was a foreigner, preferably American, who was very rich. So I don't know. I think Ooh, that, I, that's, two out of the three. That's just kind of a very different vibe because I feel like every single week we're actually sticking up for Yara as like one of the few people who we don't think are here for a green card or anything, but maybe she just has, I I just don't, I did not hear the words mouth resembling that of a catfish, functioning alcoholic. I didn't hear those in the description. So I guess we just can't get everything we wish for. Right, but she got, you know, pretty close. And, you know, to be fair, this uh, show that she was on when she said these things, she was only 19. Um, so I think that was probably like, what, eight, nine years ago. So she's definitely grown up since then. Um, and also, which disclaimer, before we talk about this, I just want to say that no hate on uh, cosmetic procedures, um, you know, several of us queens have had them and we fully support them just I mean which is why Darcy is my favorite uh 
90 day personality because of all of her uh, extensive surgeries among many other reasons. But back to Yara. So when Yara was on this uh, reality TV show when she was 19, she looked strikingly different. Um, and, you know, we can post some, you know, before and after photos of her. I mean, she's always been beautiful, but she definitely looks different. Um, she's definitely had a lot of work done. So it was just kind of strange, like seeing that she said these things and she also looked so different. It was almost like it was a different person than the Yara that we know today. Um, but it was indeed her, I think, like I said, like eight or nine years ago. I think, um, that, I think that one of the best reasons to bring this up though, again, it's not to hate on Yara because you do you like whatever makes you feel confident. But I think it's also to say that no one is perfect and that, you know, you know, that age old saying when people look at the Kardashians, like, no, you're not ugly. You're just poor. And, you know, once you have the money to do things to fix yourself, like, I think a lot of people look at Yara as by far the hottest cast member of the last, like, couple seasons for sure right she's like gorgeous. she's gorgeous she's gorgeous she's dropped at gorgeous but I think it's also just to say don't ever play the blame game because even you know like that may not it's not that it's bad that it's not her natural born self but it's not natural the way she looks and you know don't compare yourself to other people because you just never know you know and uh we we will be posting those photos to our Instagram so everyone can kind of see a then and now um but yeah I mean I can just say her surgeon who did her nose that person deserves a raise that person is very talented at what they do and they went to a very good plastic surgery school so yes very good choice Yara yes she looks fantastic um but yeah just just a little interesting tidbit about uh, Miss Yara's past so um also uh forgot to say this at the beginning but please 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 follow us on our social medias um, you can follow us on, what is it, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, YouTube, um, and our handle is K1Queens, um, the letter K, the number one, and then Queens spelled K-W-E-E-N-S. So please follow us um, for more content because we're creative and hilarious goddesses, queens. So please follow us. <laughs> Um, okay, so now we can move on to our couples recaps. So we're going to start with Kimbali and Usman. Alexa, thank you so much for that. Such an illustrious, like, honestly, I love your call on the social media because we do have our K1 Kings, right? We have our K1 Kings that live in our houses with us. But you want to know, actually, Alexa, your stepfather now that's a K1 King. That man has been commenting and liking on our post. I just appreciate the hell out of him. So if you're listening, Alexa's stepdad, I appreciate you. So here- sorry. Also major shout out to Greg, who is literally a number one fan. So please. <laughs> Greg, if you're with Greg. Round of applause for Greg. Now, Greg, as you listen to this in the car, we appreciate you uh, with your responses to our live tweet. We love you. We appreciate you. Um, So today, I think I can just preface this episode with saying none of us were overly enthused with this week's episode. This just, once again, TLC is just dangling this forbidden fruit of a better season with these shitty filler episodes, but it is what it is. Kimberly and Usman, this felt like 
it was almost like deja vu. Like it was like we watched the same episode as last week, but this week. Um, so we kind of open their storyline there. Uh, they're talking, they're arguing more about like what her expectations are, what they're going to do to get this blessing. They're kind of scheming, whatever. Once again, Usman's scheme for how they're going to get this blessing doesn't really work out. Uh, they're planning on meeting with his oldest brother, Mohammed, I think, and they end up meeting with a younger brother named Farouk because the oldest brother would not come. And then the mother comes as well. So it was kind of this interesting conversation. And this was like the highlight, right? There were two, there was two things I want to hit on. Kimberly mentions that she's been in the military. And this is something that Farouk really, really seems to hone in on. And he's like really excited. It seems like she almost kind of moves up in their book a little bit there, right? But, and, and which was nice. And you kind of see Usman like scheming, like as they're during the conversation, he's like scheming, like trying to figure out how he can like use this as leverage, right? The mom, not as impressed as Farouk. We, throughout the whole conversation, she's not really making eye contact with Kimberly, kind of awkward the whole time. Um, but then Kimberly does another thing. So this was the other astonishing thing, right? She volunteers to show them a photo of her son, Jamal which is hilarious because we all know Jamal is half black, which means that, oh, I can't, okay. I can't say that this was her intention, but it did not seem a little bit like she was like, yeah, I'm friends with black people. And that's how, you know, I'm not racist or shitty and I'm oh not God. baby girl, Lisa. And that's just kind of how it felt. So, I mean, I can pretty much, I mean, wrap it up really quickly when she shows in the photo we're going to talk about the photo, but they're, they're still really not impressed. I mean, like they are impressed. Cause he's like, Oh, like Farouk even makes a comment like, Oh, you're, he's like us, you know, he's people like us. But at the end of the day, they still decide not to give the blessing. Kimberly is left empty handed to respect the decision. She fights through, gives this really gritty smile at the end. And then it kind of ends there. Um, and so, yeah, it was just kind of like a repeat. I mean, we had another family gathering, another scheming of how to get a blessing, another family gathering, another, no, you're not going to get the blessing. I mean, it was just kind of more of the same, but with the addition of a non, of a scheming statement. So what did y'all think whenever she pulled out the photo of Jamal? I really didn't even think about it like that, but now that you're saying like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, she probably was just like, oh, look, my son's half black. Like, I'm definitely not baby girl Lisa. And I think that, like, I'm sure they've had exposure to the aftermath and all the stuff that happened with Lisa. So they've seen the things that she said, I'm sure, or someone's translated it for them. So I think she was just trying to save her ass now that you say that. But I didn't think about that at all, like, when I saw it. I was just thinking, like, oh, she's just showing them her son so that they have some empathy or something. Yeah, I, I definitely thought about the whole, like, oh, look, my son is black. Like, I'm, I'm in with, with black people. I'm not racist, like baby girl Lisa. I had the same thought. Um, but I also wonder if, well, okay, one, if that was actually her intention, but two, if she was the one that thought, about showing them the photo or if it was Usman that told her to show them because I I could definitely see Usman saying you know they're wary of you because of baby girl Lisa and there was the racism so let's 
you know, ease their minds a little bit. And I will actually second because it is Usman in the conversation that says, oh yeah, show them a photo of Jamal. Kind of like seemingly natural. Asmari, I love your view of the world. I wish I could not be so absolutely pessimistic because I don't want to put that on Kimberly, right? Like I don't want to think that she was using a race car to get a step up, right? But I definitely got that vibe. I mean, I feel like she, you know, I, Alexa and I actually, this is a side note, Alexa and I actually had a very stimulating conversation this week about Black Santa and the use of Black Santa. And it was actually so interesting and stimulating that Greg and I walked into a Target and had the same conversation. And it's kind of like, if I bought a Black Santa, I'm a white cis hat woman, not that it, this last two matter, but I'm a white woman. If I go into Target and buy Black Santa, is that wrong? But if I walk in with Greg and buy it, it feels wrong for me to feel like Greg has to be there in order for me to buy Black Santa. I feel like this is a similar situation, right? Like she shouldn't have to show them a photo of Jamal in order to justify her relationship with Usman or to like getting good graces, right? But I don't know, racial politics are really... They are what they are these days. Um, so maybe she did use it to be, have a leg up. Maybe not. But next week, we're going to see more. We'll go into previews later. But I can fully pass it off uh, to Osmari to go ahead and tell us about Big Ed and Liz. Oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to add one last thing, and then I'll um, talk about Big Ed and Liz. I, I'll just leave it with this. I think what you're saying could definitely be true. But I think another part of it, and we see it throughout the entire season, is a desperation. So I think maybe she was just desperate enough to be like, you know what, let me just try this, see if it works. Or maybe they talked about it prior. We don't know, but we'll see. And so now on to Big Ed and Liz. So unfortunately, we had a lot of technical difficulties last week, and I wish you could have heard our amazing, my amazing performance. And I think Sarah was not, it us. Not ours. No, no, no. It was you and Kai. Not ours. Us, Mara. I uh, love Kai and I. A beautiful performance of the huge outbreak that Big Ed and Liz had. So I just wish we could have at least gotten that part. But anyways, I just want to touch on like last week a little bit. So last week's episode was pretty much just a continuation of the huge fight and outbreak that they had after the engagement party. So when we left last week's episode, like I think we all thought like there's they're done. Like they are not getting back together. Like there's no way you can come back from that. And just things that came out of that whole fight, like from last episode, how apparently Big Ed had said that he wanted to have sex or would sleep with um, Alex, which is Liz's friend, the ones, the one that he took the pictures of. So that was fucking insane. Um, then we saw Liz say that she told him that he had a small dick. So he was hurt by that. So well, I don't know you come from that. Lo and behold, we came back from that. I don't know how the fuck we came back from that, but we came back from that. So the beginning of this episode, you kind of see the, um, Ed like alone and doing his thing. And you think he's just kind of trying to move on with his life. And then boom, out of nowhere, pops out Liz hopping on the motorcycle with his short ass in the front. And they're just kind of cruising along, going to some random fucking park to have a conversation. So they're just talking about their relationship. They realize that they have a lot of issues and I'm just shook at this point because I'm like, there's no way like you can come back from the fuckery that was the last two episodes. But 
they did. And then um, he actually tells Liz that he would like for her to go to his therapist with him. So then they go to the therapist and then just some things start coming out about how Liz just wants to be more independent, um, but she's kind of feels stuck because she has been in a situation where she depended so much on another man. And then when that kind of ended, she ended up like sleeping in her car and not having enough money to like kind of, you know, take care of her needs and survive pretty much. So that's all I really remember from this episode. So do you guys have anything you want to add or, or discuss? Um, first, I want to say that you were very generous by calling that vehicle a motorcycle um, because I feel it was more of a scooter, which just makes it that much funnier. Like a moped or something. A moped, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, when I saw Liz's ass get on the back of that damn moped, I was so mad. But, you know, not really surprised. Um, so I guess at this point, the breakup count is what, nine? I think nine number nine Jesus um I I applaud Ed for going to therapy I don't think that it's really uh working but maybe he's new to therapy um and yeah the therapy session was interesting um the therapist seems like a nice person but I don't know if you guys noticed like there was a lot of like weird like baby talk sort of happening during the therapy session and I thought that was kind of strange um like Ed was like oh give me a blankie and the therapist was like oh here's your blankie sweetie it was just kind of weird that weirded me out um but yeah overall like I think the therapist seems pretty good I mean she put Ed in his place a couple times when he tried to like gaslight Liz um so that was good and yeah, I don't know. I hope the therapy helps them, I guess, but. Okay, so maybe I'm just, I'm sick, you guys. If you can't, if I sound like an absolute toad, I'm probably more self-conscious about my nose being stopped up than anybody even gives a shit. Maybe I'm just in a mood, right? That was very little I took from this episode, but Ed being shitty once again was one of those things. And the episode starting off with him and Liz like being in that um scooting first off but then scooting to if I'm correct it looked like it was Balboa Park in San Diego like a pretty well-known park and them being like well the actions of last night shouldn't determine our relationship like we we shouldn't give up our but I'm like bro you said not once not twice but three different times over the last two episodes for her to pack her shit and go like you ended the like so I it's like is this breakup number nine I don't even know because they seem they're seemingly trying to act like it didn't even happen and I'm like once again like we just heard you say all this shit like oh like my mom and rich were right like all you know like I don't know your friend you know yes and then on mature you're not ready to get married like a lot was said so for all for them both to come back the next morning and be like, oh, chalk it up to a drunken mistake. No, there are like deep seated issues here. Then on top of that, and the, I tweeted this, you guys, Liz publicly on a national television, and we covered this last week, and I hate none of you heard it, but 
publicly saying that your partner has a micro penis and then just as publicly saying you you don't want to give up on that relationship like ma'am ma'am take several seats because at this point whatever he does to you or whatever level of unhappiness you are I cannot have pity for you because you are making this decision not only does he have a small dick not only like you know and this is like a not only is he not that rich not only is he ugly as fuck but like he's also mentally and emotionally abusive yeah. so this is the other thing though the therapy was weird and as someone who has literally been in a couple's therapy position they don't pass out blankets not how shit works typically I will say this I did appreciate the therapist putting Ed in his place that does that did need to happen but this was something that I picked up on that I don't know if you guys thought this was a little weird when Liz shared the story about her sleeping in her car right it brings up two thoughts one is she continuing to stay in this relationship because she does not have the means currently to afford this lifestyle she's now accustomed to because staying in a relationship just for money or just for a lifestyle will end up in heartbreak 10 out of 10 times, right? The second thing is she tells this really, really depressing story. And then Ed goes, oh, I never knew that. How are you to the point of engagement with someone and you never felt the need to share that you'd been homeless at some point? Like, not like, when you were a child, like the relationship before this one, you didn't think to tell him you had been living in your car. So for Ed to say like, oh, I didn't even know that just kind of shows like where they're at emotionally on this relationship. Like you should not be at the point of marriage unless you literally have seen that person every single season, good, bad, sick, healthy, whatever. And like, that just kind of shows where they're at because they don't know each other. They don't even know each other's full life story. and yeah it well, just honestly was- I think that maybe she and again this could be me just hating Ed but I think that she probably didn't tell him that traumatic story because she doesn't feel comfortable talking about her past in front of him because he's so psycho and jealous so that's he's probably over her yeah that's probably part of the reason she didn't tell him that which is not healthy um, obviously, but I definitely, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that one's probably on Ed because if my partner was as psycho as him, like I wouldn't want to talk at all about like past relationships with them. That so, is true. I'm going to say something, sorry. I'm going to say something really crazy. And it's like a huge thing, especially coming from me always being like the devil's advocate, but I've talked a lot throughout the episodes of how Liz looks like in her confessionals, how you can just kind of see her. She's slowly breaking down. You just see how insecure she is. Um, even Ed brought up in the um, in the therapy session how he was super insecure and stuff and whatever. I don't know. Hear me out. I know this is like kind of a stretch, but the thing that I thought of and obviously probably not to this extent was like an R. Kelly type of situation of like the control because she's like over here on the brink of crying and saying one thing and then all of a sudden she's like it seems like a puppet or she's like well yeah like we're gonna figure things out and like I'm crazy and he's crazy but and like we're just weird together and like she's just trying so hard to justify things 
And I'm like, to what extent does this man have such a fucking hold on this woman? Has his like nails clawed so deep into her that she literally can't just be like, you know what? This just isn't working and I need to walk away. And then I'm also thinking like, where's her daughter and all of this too? Um, and I, and I, I mean, you I only see she, very tidbits. I think that she did say that her daughter was with the father. And like, that was like a part of the financial thing, because I think that I'm actually fully to the point that whatever the reason she's not telling her past life to Ed, right? No matter what the reason it's, it's toxic. But I think I'm to the point where I'm almost between last week of her throwing the ring and making this grand statement of, I don't need your money, right? To this week, kind of sharing her past, how money was like such a huge abusive factor and like a past relationship. I really do feel like there's a little bit of financial abuse going on in the sense that she what when they met, we know she was a waitress, right? She was a waitress that he met. We don't know what her financial situation was. Clearly it was not great. And I do feel like Alexa, you're probably a little bit right. And that she did not share that with Ed because she knew he would hold it over her. But now they've gone over, they've gone through this really raw fight, right? So they're both feeling pretty vulnerable, whatever they get in this vulnerable state. And she says this like really crazy thing. I'm interested to see if we get more of this therapy session next week and maybe like Ed reveals something vulnerable because it's also like if she's the only one saying anything and he doesn't really like open up at all, he just kind of says like background comments and then the therapist even shut that down at one point. I just feel like there has to be some level of financial abuse going on of why she's that puppet that you just referred to. Like she keeps being like, oh, I'll just walk away. I'll just walk away. And then she remembers, well, he's funding me to live indoors. He's funding me to eat food. He's funding to put a roof over my daughter's head when she's not with her father. He's funding my car. Our social media presence is funding X, Y, Z. Like, because without Ed, at the end of the day, who is she? Yeah, exactly. Damn. Well, with that, (laughs) now that we've heard um, about these two couples, like, I think... The main question is that we all want to know is like, are they going to make it to the altar? So I'm just curious. I can save my response for last. Um, but what do you guys think? Like, do you think that Kim Newsman or Big Ed and Liz are actually going to make it to the altar? Because we've seen with these last few episodes in this season, it's been such a roller coaster. So, so what do you guys think? Um, I'm going to say no for both. <laughs> Um, and, but okay, I'll, I'll put a little asterisk. So with Ed and Liz, I pray to God, they don't make it to the altar. They're very toxic. I don't think there's any working through it. It's too much at this point. They need to just throw in the towel. Um, but I do, I think that they'll go through some breakups shockingly more. Um, it'll definitely go into the double digits, but I don't think that they'll end up getting married. Now, with Kim and Usman, I'm going to say I don't think that they're going to get married on this season because I think that 
Usman is going to somehow convince Kim to allow him to marry someone in Nigeria, someone that can give him a child first and then marry her. So because we've seen on social media that it seems like Kim and Usman are still together, um, but I think that maybe they'll get married in, you know, maybe next season or something, but I don't think it's happening this season. Sarah, what do you think? I am going to reluctantly say yes to both. Um, so I'm going to say yes to Ed and Liz because I think that they are in a very, very, very toxic, abusive cycle. And cycles like that, if it is going to break, it will break like the day before the wedding. Like there will be some level of reality set in if it does break. I don't see it breaking. I don't see Ed allowing it to break, if that makes sense. I don't allow, I don't see him letting her actually have the power to leave because that would mean that Ed was left by someone else. So I'm going to say yes for them. I think it makes better TV and also social media. I don't know though. I don't, you really can never trust that. Kim and Usman, I'm going to say yes, but I am going to agree with you. I think that Usman is definitely going to be marrying someone in Nigeria and another less toxic cycle of abuse, gaslight her into lowering her expectations into being a second wife just to be able to stay in contact with him and not say that they broke up. I think that at the end of the day, all she really wants is just to say that she married like a worldwide rapper and he knows that. And as long as he can keep her on that string, he will. And worldwide um, rapper is a loose term. I understand you're all getting very loose. <laughs> very, very loose. Actually, I thought about this earlier before I give my response. I don't know if you guys noticed, and maybe it was a gift from Kim, but they really like zoomed in for like a little too long on his iPhone. I don't know <laughs> if you realize that. Like I noticed the camera was just like kept looking at his iPhone. I'm like, okay, we got it. He has a new iPhone. Like, okay. Like, so I don't know if that's like a little foreshadowing or that's just like, um, just another little tidbit of showing just like how much Kim is really doing for him. I don't know. Anyways, my answer for this question is, I definitely agree with both of you is I think that Kim is just going to end up agreeing with him having that first wife. I think there's no way in hell that she's going to leave him. <laughs> um, I think as long as like he'll have her around, she'll stay. So I think they'll probably get married in, an in another season. And I also agree with Alexa. Like I pray to God that Ed and Liz don't get married just because of how toxic they are. But no, I don't think they're going to get married. Or I think it's going to be a crazy situation where it's like not the day before the wedding, but the day of the wedding, it's going to be like an explosion. And, and those TLC cameras are going to be rolling. But when after Liz. Asmara, you can't give like a half answer. So I said, yes, yes. She said, no, no. You seem like you're saying yes on Kim and Usman, but what is your final answer on Ed and Liz? Yes or no? Is no, like, no, I don't think so. But I think what, instead of what you said that if they don't, that it'll happen the day before, I think it will, like they will break up the day of the wedding. <laughs> That's what I think. I we don't think could, they will. Okay. We could really only hope as much, honest to God. Like I- Probably amazing TV. That would, that would be peak TV. Wow. For real. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, well, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and move on um, to Elizabeth and Andre. Um, so Alexa, why don't you take us away? So um, we, we didn't see too much of Elizabeth on, and Andre. Um, you know, I think it was last week that we, you know, officially found out that Libby's pregnant. Obviously, we already knew that because she posted that she had, you know, the baby a couple of weeks ago. But, um, you know, she she found out that she was pregnant on the show. Um, and then Libby, um, Libby, Andre and their daughter, Ellie, go to get an ultrasound of the baby. Um and super precious. Ellie is so excited to see her sibling. Um, so that was actually a really cute moment for them. Um, and, but a less cute and more hilarious moment was that they're, they're talking about their second baby. And Libby says that she hopes that they have a boy. And she hopes that the boy looks just like Andre, which he probably will because uh, you know, their Ellie is like a carbon copy of Andre. Um, but she says that she hopes that he acts nothing like him and that he acts more like Andre's father, which as we all know, Andre's father is the polar opposite of Andre. Very calm, cool and collected, sweet man. Um, so that was very funny and ironic. Like, how are you about to be married and having a second child with a man and you want the child to act nothing like him? Like, I don't know, you know. Well, it's, it's also, we did find out they do have a boy. They do so have a boy. Yeah. Time will only tell. Time will only tell. Um, but yeah, I have a feeling he's probably just going to be a carbon copy of Andre and Libby is, I don't know, poor Libby. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that was really all we saw from them. Um, we'll talk about it later, but next week looks absolutely fantastic, but we'll talk about that later. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts, feelings, anything about Libby and Andre? This I week? have a, I have a question. Did we ever get a response, like a, like a result on the immigration status? Have they, have they reported? Not yet. No. Not yet. They're still kind of in the waiting stage and process of like, what's going to happen with that. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. This was kind of boring for them. I mean, I'm happy to see joy always, but I'm not happy to see joy on this show, you know? Yeah. And, and with the whole, with the whole, uh, immigration status, I mean, I'm gonna assume that he's able to stay and that they renew his green card or whatever. Um, because you know we've seen him on social media he they're all seemingly still in the U.S. um, and they just had the baby so I'm pretty sure he's staying in the in the U.S. which like I mean come on like he's married been married to this woman their relationship is very legitimate um you know I don't think that Andre is one of those people that's like really using Libby for a visa like they met you know organically in another country and now have two kids. So it would be very shocking to me if he actually was deported. I don't think he will be. Right. I think that it's just, you know, TLC drama. Maybe. Uh, I think it's just for the drama. Like maybe there could have been a hiccup during the actual interview, but I don't think, I think they just probably like expanded on that to make it good and juicy, but I, you're right. Like they literally are married. They have two children. They have a house together. I don't think yeah. gonna, he's going to get deported. No, I agree. 
Um, okay, so I guess we can move on to Jovi and Yara. So Sarah, what do you have for us? So I hated this because we actually have to frown our faces on Yara a little bit. And we just got done talking about how freaking hot she is, but hot people can do bad things too. And I guess that that's the moral, the moral of our lives, right? But also Yara's life. So this week, kind of mundane, we see Yara taking a walk with her mom. Her mom is just absolutely ecstatic to have her and the baby there. Um, she's really stepping into those grandma roles. She's really starting to lay that that path or that narrative, it seems like, where the mother seems to think one thing about Yara's future location, and Jovi seems to think another. Um, so after the walk, you know, we don't really see too much of them. Throughout the whole walk, the mom is just like, can't wait till you live here. And Yara's like, yep, never really says no, but never really confirms. Then later on the episode, we see Jovi and Yara alone. Jovi cracking bottles at a crisp 8 a.m. First thing he gets up, uh, drinks some champagne. And he says, Yara, what are you doing today? To which she feels the need to respond. I'm looking at apartments with my mom, which it kind of took a little bit to get the truth out of her, which was kind of iconically funny. But he says, what? And then he's like confused and whatever. And this is where we kind of have to side with Jovi because seemingly Yara is planning an entire life of her moving to Europe with the baby um, and, and hasn't really told Jovi anything. Uh, and she's at the point of literally looking for housing and she hasn't felt the need to tell her husband, uh, which is an interesting choice. And I have to kind of be on Jovi's side. Like I too would be a little upset, a little caught off guard if thus was the case for myself. Um, so yeah, and then it kind of ends there. Again, we're gonna talk about previews because again, this episode was such a filler. It was such like, a, a you know, we're really waiting for next week where we're going to see the result of that. But that was pretty much it. I mean, do you guys feel like Yara was in the wrong here or is it just me? No, she for sure wasn't in the wrong. Like, how the hell are you? It's not like, oh, let me look at houses in the neighborhood. Like, or I just wanted to see houses around the city. It's literally a whole nother country. Like, and you're not going to tell your husband about that. You have a child with him. Like, it's one thing maybe if you don't have a child and you're not happy, and you're, you just want to move back home, but you have a whole child. And then I feel bad for saying this. I really like Yara. I think she's gorgeous. Um, I think she's very sweet and she seems to be a good mother, but I feel like she has no personality. I feel like she goes with the flow of whatever anyone tells her and like, doesn't really think a lot for herself and can be a little impulsive. Um, like, I don't know, especially like even her mom telling her about the house and she's like, yeah, yeah. Like maybe I will look at houses. Like, it's not even like sitting down and thinking about what that would mean for you and your family and your child. <laughs> like, it's just like, okay, like why not? You know, type of thing. I don't know if that's too harsh, but I just kind of feel like that lately with her. I feel like she doesn't really think for herself and what, what does Yara want, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I also think that beyond like Yara not telling Jovi that she's planning on moving to Europe with Myla. And, and I think that, you know, her 
plan is definitely including Jovi. Like, I don't think it's a thing where she's like, oh, I'm just going to take the kid and run and divorce you. I think she just hasn't told Jovi what his future is going to be. Um, but I think beyond all of that, it's also the fact that, you know, the war in Ukraine is happening, right, during this episode and still currently. Um, and they're talking about moving to the Czech Republic, which though, you know, the Czech Republic is not directly involved in the war, it's pretty close geographically um, to Ukraine and Russia. So, you know, for the fact that not only is she, she's planning for them to move without telling Jovi, but she's also planning for them to move to Central slash Eastern Europe uh, amidst this war is, is pretty crazy to me. Um, but I don't know. I feel like probably what they'll end up doing is maybe like getting a like second apartment in Prague or something and like renting it out so that like she'll have somewhere to go like to stay when she goes to visit her mom or something when Joey's working but yeah I know I mean I definitely am on Joey's side um for on this one unfortunately uh I think that there was another, okay, so we're all in agreement on that point, right? There was another piece of the argument that just kind of came to me while you guys were talking. That was whenever she was talking about money, right? And she was like, well, I make money, so I should be able to do what I want. And Jovi actually kind of puts his foot down a little bit here and is like, well, no, it's our money. It's not your money. Like, that's not how that works. And I thought that that was interesting because it's actually very rare. I feel like when that conversation happens, it seems like in movies and such, that's always flip-flopped. Like, it's always like a man saying that and then like a woman having to be like, no, it's our money. And so that was kind of interesting. You didn't say our he did not say our. He said my. I don't know if you caught that. He oh, did not he say said, our. He said that's my money. Okay, I, was, so I, I, I didn't like, catch that. Okay, I didn't catch that. Maybe, maybe in my okay. mind he meant it like it's maybe, our, like it's yeah. my money too. I'll say that. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. Okay, but it it was kind of interesting that like that wasn't something that she thought about. Like she just kind of thought, well, if I have the money to do it, then I should be able to do it. That's interesting, uh, again, as someone who has the perspective of being married, knowing that that's not how a typical American marriage has worked. Again, that could be completely culturally different for her. Um, that was another thing of it. I do see that being like another factor as they kind of move in um, and like kind of move forward. I do think that Jovi is kind of insecure about, and I think we've seen this before, he's very insecure about her degree of hotness, right? It's been made very clear to him by her own friends that she is out of his league. So maybe it just kind of, that insecurity is going to pop out the rest of the season as he feels like maybe she's even just trying to create a life without him. So we're going to see that controlling of Jovi of a typical insecure man come through. But that was, um, that was pretty much it with them. I want to pass it over to Osmari to give us what you know about Jenny and Samit. Alrighty, so there wasn't a lot on them this week. Um, it was a little bit of a continuation from last week. So he did, or even earlier, I think around their honeymoon, he had mentioned that he wanted to go back to work. So again, now uh, we see him and it's his first day back. 
Um, and he again says that he's not interested in living a more retired lifestyle like Jenny is. And again, this is where their age comes <laughs> into, into the room, you know, because she's a lot older, you know, she's retired, she's worked, she doesn't want to work anymore, and she wants to just relax. But she's kind of under the idea of having submit do the same but he's a lot younger and he's like you know I still want to work I want to go do something I want us to have more so he goes back to work and he was working in the restaurant business so him and his friend they um, started a restaurant like I believe it's like one of his best friends he started a restaurant pre-pandemic and because of the pandemic they kind of had to shut it down but um, correct me if I'm wrong I believe they turned it into more of a delivery service type of restaurant so they don't have in-seating housing but they deliver the foods so he just kind of talking to his friend and telling him like hey um, I might only be able to work like um, a couple times a week and he's like no I need you here every day um, like seven times a week and he's like well I have to see if that works with Jenny and we can kind of see that the friend I wouldn't say he has like an issue with Jenny but he's like you know you always do everything based off of Jenny you know you have to do things for yourself too and I've invested a lot of money into this restaurant so I need you here so that was a bit of a conversation and then um we kind of see submit toying again with the idea of going to the U.S. since that's what Jenny said but he doesn't really want to I think for him his main priority right now is kind of getting his family back and having that relationship with his parents again and just working. Um, but Jenny is like really kind of pushing for, for them to go to the U S and then we also saw Jenny, um, go to the market and get completely ripped off by this lady. And it was honestly like, even in the U S it wouldn't cost that like it was fresh vegetables, but 15 fucking dollars for that bag of stuff like there's no fucking way like no way and I've shopped in Peru I've shopped in Chile like that stuff is cheap so she saw a white woman was like cha-ching like I'm gonna charge her hella money the same like what happened with Kim and the damn cow so yeah I thought that was so funny and then she kept trying to get her back and Jenny was like yeah no fuck this and just walked away so that was a little funny moment um I don't know if you guys have anything to say about them this week um I I think that the interaction with uh Jenny and the woman at the market was hilarious um just like the yelling like the woman was so aggressive and then like Jenny was like no like fuck off and walked away the woman's like yelling after her it was just it was hilarious like oh god yeah and then but like good for Jenny for like walking away like she she did not buy those vegetables from her so um which she probably still got scammed from the other guy that she bought from but it was cheaper than the first lady so um, gave yeah. him more she didn't even ask for her change back she literally gave him more he said a certain amount she only had a, like I guess a 500 rupee uh-huh. bill or something and it was less than that and she's like well that's what I have and he just kind of stared at her what and she left her change oh my god um oh but, my also, god. but also like I don't know if you guys felt the same way but it was like that whole that to this episode with with Jenny and Smith was like giving like misery vibes like I don't know if you've seen that movie like um like jet like Smith was like Jenny's prisoner almost like it was very there were some moments I was like oh like affection is like not there anymore if you've noticed that or it's awkward 
Like their kissing is so awkward. Yeah. And it's just like the fact that Jenny has lived in India for years at this point and she can't handle going to the market by herself. Like that just shows how codependent they are and that it's not good. Also the fact that Sumit admitted that part of the reason he wants to work seven days a week is so that he can have a social life. Like normally working seven days a week means you don't have a social life, but for the fact that it would mean for him that he would have more of a social life than he currently has, I thought that was really funny. Uh, Oh wait, I was gonna say, we kind of skirted over this. Whenever she's having the conversation with Submit about working seven days a week and like she ramps it from zero to one fucking hundred so quick and she claims that the reason he wants to work seven days a week is so he can go get drunk with his friend. I died. I died because I'm like, ma'am, this man is trying to chase a bag and you are literally claiming that he's like trying to just like go get blasted on a Tuesday morning with his friends and I'm like what and she's like well if you come home drunk one time what Jenny where are you gonna go you can't even go to the market by yourself like honest to god what would happen if Summit was a shitty person I think that my biggest takeaway though is we're starting to see this contention build between her saying let's go to the U.S. and him actively saying I want to get a job just, and I want to make money just so we never have to go to the U.S. Another really, really interesting conversation there is the fact that Summit's earlier seasons would never tell us that he would be anti-green card, anti-going to the U.S., but this version of him Honestly, I love it. He's motivated. He's wanting to go do well by her. He's wanting to make money. Like women in America would do anything for a man like that. And yet she's pissed off. Yeah. That's Jenny. Team Sumit all the way, man. I mean, I love Jenny too, but Sumit's just trying to get his bag and trying to provide for her. And she's just being a psycho a little bit. (laughs) Um. But okay, so any any other comments on Jenny and Summit or can we move on? Move it forward. Move on. So uh, now we will talk about, oh, there's my cat. Um, now we will talk about Angela and Michael. Um, so this episode with Angela and Michael was, it was an emotional roller coaster. So we, we open and we see Angela in her hotel room. Um, they zoom in on her bra, which is kind of like like flung over the side. Um, and her hair is like all like sticking up. So it's obvious this woman got laid, right? And <laughs> sure enough, uh, Michael, who uh, Angela is FaceTiming Renee, right? I think it's it was, Renee. It was Renee. Yeah, so she's FaceTiming Renee. And then she pans over and there's Mackle with this big grin on his face next to her in the bed. So can I, can I say one thing when that came on the television screen, Greg literally goes, oh my God, shakes his hand, like face palm, shakes his head and says, that's a sick man. Listen, Mackle. I honestly, and I think we've talked about this before, but I really think that Michael like wants Angela. 
like sexually. I do. And I don't know that that attraction was there initially or if it was like she grew on him, but man, or maybe he's just really horny. I don't know. Um, men really will kind of like fuck anything. So maybe it's just horniness. Um, but yeah, so Michael gave Angela his African ingredient as Usman would say. Um, and I guess the reason for this, uh, intercourse, this makeup sex was that Michael told Angela that he would take his Instagram down. Um, but then he said during his testimonial that he didn't actually intend on taking the Instagram down and he called it a lie of love, which I thought was hilarious because you know what, sometimes lies of love are necessary. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) so Angela and Michael had the makeup sex, they reconciled, whatever, um, and the next day after the, the makeup sex, uh, Michael tries to talk to Angela about keeping his Instagram. So seemingly the man, this is what Angela says, and you guys can, you know, think what you want, but Angela thinks that this man just told her that he would take his Instagram down to get into her pants, which you know what? She might not be wrong. I would go as far as to say is the man did it to keep his green card, um, his visa. And, you know, the sex just kind of came along with that. Um, And, you know, of course, him bringing up the Instagram fires Angela up and she walks away. Michael chases her. Um, She goes back to her hotel. Michael follows her. um, And... Angela, you know, says very dramatically as she's getting into the Uber, um, headed to the hotel, she says, keep your Instagram and I'll keep my fucking sanity and then slams the door in his face. And it was great. Um, But of course, Michael's dumbass follows her back to the hotel again. Um, And Angela starts to get physical with Michael again, which was concerning. Um, She's like pushing him and like screaming in his face. Um, and you know, luckily Michael keeps his cool. Um, it's also, I, it's really hard for me to keep saying Michael and not laugh as I'm trying to talk about something seriously, but I have to keep it up for the bit. Um, (laughs) so, uh, Angela starts, you know, pushing Michael again, they're fighting, whatever. Um, and Angela runs away, I believe. And then Michael goes to chase after Angela and runs into Renee (laughs) um in the hotel lobby uh, miss renee is wearing a very iconic outfit it's all leopard print she has a leopard print like dress or something and then a leopard print bonnet as well and uh she has what appears to be an espresso martini in her hand so respect for that i also love a good espresso martini um but uh she then proceeds to start sort of giving michael marital advice sort of being a marriage counselor with the espresso martini in her hand and her cheetah print bonnet um it's a great scene and then the scene ends with renee saying to michael let's go get a drink and they go off to the bar together which i thought was very interesting and i wonder how angela will feel about that watching it back later 
Um, but yeah, that was pretty much it uh, for Angela and Michael. Um, oh, also hilarious thing that Angela said um, before having her blow up um, about them having makeup sex. She said that, because I guess this is the first time that they've had sex since, since Angela had her surgeries um, and had her major you know, weight loss transformation. And um, she says in a very Angela fashion that Michael can now see her coochie now that she's lost weight because her stomach doesn't hang over her, her uh, coochie area. So that was hilarious. And they talk oh about God. her fake boobs as well. Um, so yeah, what thoughts, comments? I have thoughts and comments. Okay. I have to say something. I'm actually a little bit team Angela this week. I'm very rarely team Angela, but Michael said a lot of shitty fucking things like fuck boy material. He made the comment, not only it was a live love, right? Which as, as Alexa said, and every hot girl knows sometimes a live love is necessary, but he followed it. And this is something you didn't touch on. He -hmm. followed it with the comment of, I feel like something along the lines of, I feel like once she gets laid, she'll be in a better mood. So I don't want to talk about the, con- I don't want to talk about the Instagram with her until she's in a better mood. And I think that he actually had sex with her because he genuinely thought that all she needed was like a good digging. And like, then she would be like, oh my God, Michael, you're so right. You should have an Instagram. I don't like genuinely, he did say the words she will be in a better mood after we have sex. So I had sex. Like, it's just wild all the way around that that was his justification. That was a shitty thing to do. Like lying at any point is shitty, but lying in order to have sex with someone is even shittier. Then I will say this, whenever he followed her back to the hotel and she shoved him again, I don't, okay. She was very abusive and like the lot. We've seen her be abusive already this season. But when that happened, low key, I was like, I don't feel like she's being abusive because he did follow her into her space. And he was literally like leaning over her, over her body. And like, she did say, get away from me, get out of my space. And then he was like, no, no, no. And then she pushed him away. I'm gonna have to side with her a little bit on that, but I'm very interested. Like I want, do I want Michael and Renee to fuck? Yes. I mean, if we were all thinking it, <laughs> my God. Yes. I, that I want him to give her the African ingredient. Well, I mean, as well, the, I mean, the goal, the golden goal to end this season would be Angela and Renee have like a weave out and they just go at it. Like Angela walks in on them fucking, she tears out Angela's weave, Angela tears out her weave. They bond over a cigarette and the airport going back to America. If I had to write the rest of the season, that's what I want. As far as this episode goes, Angela, unfortunately, is not completely in the wrong here and Michael kind of sucked dick. Yeah, but I do also want to note, though, that yes, he did um, have sex with Angela in order to manipulate her, but I, and maybe I'm sure you guys agree, but it, it felt a little bit less wrong for the fact that it was pretty obvious that the sex was for Angela and not for him, if that makes sense. 
Um, <laughs> like if it were, you know, he just really wanted to have sex with Angela. So he manipulated her into having sex with him. I feel like that would be a little different than. <laughs> oh, so you're saying because his intentions were to make her feel better, quote unquote. Right. So he, so he is, he thought what all she needed was a good fuck. Right. And then she would be a happier person. I'm saying, it. okay, I guess, <laughs> I guess in a really twisted world, that is not as bad because it wasn't selfish sex. I mean, I think we can all look and listen to Angela and understand that that man took one for the team. I mean, that man, <laughs> that man took one for all of humanity and honest to God, I don't think America is worth the green card. I mean, that's just my opinion at this point. I mean, I think maybe America in like 1985, 2022 America is not worth that. So I don't know. Not for a black man. Not for a black man. (laughs) Honestly, like the main thing that I'll end them on with is I did just kind of feel bad for her, like how hurt she felt because, and I don't know if this is like a stretch or if she even felt this way, but like, I don't know coming from someone who's also had like a major like weight loss like journey herself and then like feeling like someone's just using you to have sex with you like because you look different or just I don't know and her situation was to make her happy make her change her mind about a damn Instagram but I don't know and that sense I kind of felt for her I was like that's shitty it could have also been partially that he was curious and wanted to see what she looks like post-surgery I'm sure that also was part of it so you're 100 right you know it's fucked that's up. true but yeah I think it's well, the better question here is how shitty is your marriage like why are we at the point where we as viewers are just like ending a marriage over a social media platform completely normal like <laughs> why as viewers are we to the point with Matt Sharp that we're like, oh yeah, like this is totally, this is the issue to end it on. Not her beating up your car, not him DMing other, like like talking to other women, which is in a form of cheating. It's him trying to make money through social media. That's the point. Right. And he also, I believe he got a, a blow job in, in his, to give in exchange for a ride at some point. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But that wasn't it. It was the Instagram. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. That's another couple where it's like, y'all are toxic. Mm-hmm. And then with our last couple is Bilal and Shida, and they weren't on this um, episode this week. But um, I guess we'll just kind of segue over to next week's preview. And I'll start it off with them is we see Shida talking to a friend and I feel like we've seen this friend before I just don't remember her name but they're at a park or something talking and the same storyline of her really wanting to have children and then her friend says something super crazy to me she was like what if you are just like accidentally not taking the birth control pills and I just think that's insane and it's like if you feel like you have to go to that extent to be able to get pregnant with a man that obviously does not want to have a child with you. That's wild. And so unfortunately, I feel like we're kind of going down the the path that that's what Shida might end up doing is kind of tricking Bilal into having a child with her um, earlier than what they had planned on. Because at the end of the day, he's also kind of showing that 
he might not even honor their contract. So I am very curious to see how she even responds to her friend with that. Uh, I am, I am as well, because we have talked in an earlier episode about his use of condoms interested mm-hmm. all the way around, but my couples for next week. So we've got Kim and Usman. We once again, see another threatened breakup. He is kind of saying, you know, he gets very aggressive with her. She ends up leaving the room and like ugly crying, like Kim K ugly crying in the hallway. She emotes this sound that was in a word hilarious, honestly. I mean, I can't wait to hear it fully. Um, sorry, Kim, love you, girly. But like, it's too much at this point, just leave. Um, and then for Jovi and Yara, she, again, blow up of this, you know, of this argument, but she does use the sentence, I've been miserable for two and a half years, which I know is just referring to her living in America, more specifically the swamp. But I think that I really want it to be like, she's miserable in this marriage because girly, we would be too. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll just, we'll see where we'll it goes. Just, we'll see where it goes. We're excited to hear so what happens. Um, yes. So, so my couples, do you guys hear an echo? Let's mute ourselves. Okay. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I was echoing for some reason. Um, so with Angela and Michael, wow. Next week, honestly, both of my couples, all the couples, but like, I am so excited for my couples next week. So we see Angela and Michael have a FaceTime meeting with the original Thief of Hearts. Like, why? Well, you know why? It's because TLC. That's why. Um, And (laughs) Michael gets mad and storms off. There's a lot of yelling and cursing. The original Thief of Hearts is just stirring the pot once again. And I cannot wait to see this this confrontation. Um, And then with Elizabeth and Andre, again, peak peak reality television we're going to witness. I'm so excited. Um, Andre and Libby tell Chuck that they're pregnant at what appears to be the the Grand Canyon or something. But more importantly, um, family Libby and Andre have a family therapy session. Wow. Um, I don't think us as viewers, I don't think anyone could have wished for anything more from this storyline like this is what we've needed for all these seasons was to have all these people in the same room with a moderator wow um there is a ball a talking ball which if you've gone to therapy group therapy hilarious that that's involved um there's a lot of yelling um the accusations are being thrown it's yeah it's gonna be great I can't wait to see it um did the talking ball not remind anyone of that one office episode where they did yes. grief counseling? Yes. I'm absolutely cannot fucking wait to see Charlie <laughs> and Andre in the room again. Yeah. And you already know that Andre or probably both, but Andre is going to be holding the, the talking ball and Charlie's going to be screaming over him and vice versa. It's just, it's going to be a mess and I can't wait to see it. So please Tune in next week to both 90 Day and our podcast because I'm sure we will have a lot to talk about. Um, Asmari, you want to talk about Big Ed and Liz? What's going on? Yes. 
So for them next week, we just kind of see them kind of going through this reconciliation period, I guess, after their huge explosions over the last two episodes. Um, and well, this, I guess it's just a continuation of this last episode of them just trying to work it out. And then there's this quote of Liz who just says, I love his whole body. I don't know how you come back with that after saying your man has a micro penis. I, I don't know how you can say that, but she loves all of it, even that little tiny bit. So that's big at in Lynn next week. We'll see how their progress goes. And then we don't see Jenny and Summit next week. So that's a bummer. But I think next week is hopefully going to be a really good episode because like Sarah said a couple of times, like this was such a filler episode and it was kind of boring. It was just kind of the same stuff, like nothing major happened, but I think next week will be great. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think next week's going to be great. Um, so definitely tune in. And like I said, tune into our podcast. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for listening um, to our, our loyal listeners. Again, we apologize for not posting an episode last week. Uh, we did indeed spend our time recording it and uh, it just magically disappeared off of the software that we were using. But we're now using Zoom, um, which we think is more reliable. So hopefully there will be no more technical difficulties, um, but we appreciate your loyalty. And we, like I said, we apologize for not posting. Um, last week so yeah so uh follow us on our socials again um that's k1 queens um so the letter k the number one and then queens spelled k-w-e-e-n-s and yeah thanks so much for listening and we will uh see y'all next week bye bye